an official message from Medicare. A new law is helping me save more money on prescription drug costs. Maybe you can save too. With Medicare's Extra Help program, my premium is zero and my out-of-pocket costs are low. Who should apply? Single people making less than $23,000 a year or married couples who make less than $31,000 a year. Even if you don't think you qualify, it pays to find out. Go to ssa.gov slash extra help. Paid for by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. Pour yourself a cold one. Let's drink them, huh? And listen to Ross Tucker and Philadelphia Eagles film junkie Fran Duffy break down the top college prospects on another tasty edition of The College Draft. Yeah, it is Daddy Soda time, and it is Tuesday, January 1st, 2019, which means there are a bunch of of bowl games later today, but we want to really focus as much as possible on the college football playoff semifinal games that took place on Saturday, as well as giving you a preview of the national championship game Monday night, obviously loaded with dudes, loaded with NFL prospects that you need to be able to check out and know exactly who you're looking at, what you're looking at. We are presented by betonline.ag. Use the promo code PODCAST1. You get a 50% welcome bonus. He's Fran Duffy, the superstar video scouting guru for the Philadelphia Eagles, back in the playoffs again. Make sure you're checking out Fran on Twitter. He's at F Duffy three. I'm at Ross Tucker, NFL, former NFL offensive lineman, bunch of media gigs, bunch of podcasts, journeyman player that loves college football, loves breaking down biggest players, biggest games. We'll obviously get to the news because there's a, a, a lot of news that has happened since last week's show. And just a reminder for all the teams that didn't make the play, this is the podcast. For if, if your team didn't make the playoffs, this is the only podcast you need to listen to to get ready for the NFL draft, which will be here before you know it. Fran, happy new year. Uh, glad we're keeping it rolling here, heading into the 2019 draft. And let's start with Notre Dame and Clemson and just what your big takeaways were from that. Well, first, uh, Happy New Year to you, Ross and Brian, and then everybody else out there. I think the the big thing, you know, for me, Notre Dame, Clemson, uh, really impressed with just the young talent for Clemson. I mean, Trevor Lawrence is the the second straight true freshman quarterback in the playoff uh, to really impress. Obviously, last year it was Jake Fromm from Georgia. Trevor Lawrence more so uh, this year. I mean, what he's done uh, over the course of the second half of this season and then in the playoff against Notre Dame. I mean, the kid looks poised. He's athletic. He's got arm talent. I'm excited to continue studying him, obviously not eligible until the 2021 draft, but uh, really impressed with him. The other freshman, Justin Ross, uh, wide receiver, was so hot early in this game, made a lot of plays down the field, a big kid who can run a little bit. Uh, And then Travis Etienne, who has been a workhorse for this Tigers offense over the course of the season. He's got some juice. You kind of saw him open up there late in the game with that long run down the left sideline, but uh, a really impressive runner that will be eligible for next year's draft, not 2019, but uh, for 2020. Uh, so ETN, a name to keep an eye on for the future. But the one guy who who stood out, Ross, that 
I didn't know too much about, and it's funny, I watched a little bit of Clemson this morning, uh, and he continued to sh- uh, stand out, was Isaiah Simmons, a converted safety, turned into a linebacker, number 11, showed up in a lot of different ways in that game. So Isaiah Simmons is a guy that I've added now to my watch list based off of this game. Uh, I was really impressed with him. And then the other side, I mean, Notre Dame, you know, they just got overcome with injuries. And, you know, Julian Love, the talented corner, who a lot of people feel will declare for this draft, he was hurt for most of this game. Khalid Kareem, the talented pass rusher. Uh, Aloe Gilman, the transfer safety from Navy, who did come back and, and had a forced fumble late in the game. But uh, a guy, obviously, was very active. But he was in and out of the lineup. And then offensively, I mean, Ian Book just never looked comfortable at quarterback, uh, was dropping his eyes, had a lot of bad decisions with the football, um, not even on passes where he let go, but just stuff where he, the ball should have come out and it didn't. And then Dexter Williams, they just couldn't get him going. Uh, the talented senior running back uh, couldn't get him going against the talented Clemson front, and uh, Clemson was able to, to make them pay. It, was, it, wa- it wasn't a good game uh, in terms of being competitive, but interesting with all the young talent that stood out on both sides of the ball for the Tigers. Yeah, and you know, Fran, I'll add to that. Um, it was disappointing, and the, the injuries for Notre Dame were disappointing. Although I will say, it, it seemed like one of the more athletic defenses Notre Dame's had in a while. Definitely. I mean, you know, that they have guys at all three levels that were pretty impressive. Although, you know, the two things that stood out to me from the game, one is ETN bounced outside. He came up the middle on a run. And there was a single high safety for Notre Dame. Now, he was leaning a little bit to the strong side, but he was still in the middle of the field, maybe maybe like in between the garden tackle to the right. Fran, he couldn't lay a hand yeah. on ETN. I mean, yep. I, I, I'm not saying, okay, he couldn't make the tackle. He couldn't lay a – he didn't get a hand on him. Like, I mean, that's not good. You know, that, that That's just – a big, big difference. If your free safety in the middle of the field cannot get a hand on the other team's running back when he's like 15 yards deep, that's bad. You might disagree. It's what I wrote about in my column this week uh, for The Athletic. To me, it's really ridiculous that Trevor Lawrence cannot enter the NFL until 2021. I mean, he's playing in 2018. I saw Dan Orlovsky and Brian Baldinger saying – you know, maybe he would be the number one pick in this draft. I don't know about that. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't know how you feel about that. But my point is, is I understand that the rules in place to protect guys that would make bad decisions. But I feel like we're seeing more and more Fran every year. Like Ed Oliver, Nick Bosa. I mean, there's a decent amount of guys. They didn't have to go back to college football this year. You know what I mean? Like they, they were ready to go to the NFL. They were ready to be drafted. And I just, I guess I just believe in freedom of choice. And I'm just curious. I mean, we have no idea because they're not really scouting him. But I kind of feel like Trevor Lawrence, if he actually could go pro, would probably go pretty high for him. Yeah, it's tough for me to say just because I haven't studied him in that way. Um, But, you know, I I just feel, especially a quarterback, like there's nothing better than, than getting reps and getting experience. Like there's no, there's nothing more valuable than that. Um, you know, wh- how much better would Trevor Lawrence be next year if he were playing for the Jacksonville Jaguars or if he were playing for the New York Giants? Like, you know, I, I don't know. It's a, obviously we can't answer that question. Um, but to me, like, I always lean, especially a quarterback, for a guy to go back and just get more reps. Like, uh, for a guy, you know, and, and that's just a, a, w- without having studied him, 
uh, that's kind of where my, you know, my opinion rests, but uh, that's just kind of how I feel, especially at that position. So let's get to the other game, and that was Alabama and Oklahoma. And the thing that's out to me about that, Fran, is just Alabama's depth. I mean, it's just ridiculous. It's just obscene. Yeah, I mean, like we go into this game, and you expect it's like, all right, you have Jerry Judy who won the Blitnikoff Award. You've got Henry Ruggs the uh, third. You know, you expect Jalen Waddle the burner. Uh, you know, the tight end Irv Smith Jr. No. They come out, first play of the game, Devontae Smith goes for 50 yards, gets him into the red zone, uh, and then they score a touchdown. It's a machine. Uh, you know, Tua gets on the board. He looked healthy, by the way. I know he's, there was a report now that he's feeling sore on that ankle, but looked healthy during the game. Uh, and it just goes to show you, like, the, the weaponry that this offense has, and that's why it's, it's just different. I wrote this going into the game, Ross, that, you know, you would expect, like, in years past, Alabama, Oklahoma. All right, Oklahoma wants this to be a track meet. They want this to be a high-scoring game. Alabama wants this to be, you know, a 21-17 to game, and they'll, and they'll win. That's not the case with this Alabama team. That's why it's just different, this group, than any other group that they've ever really put out there under Nick Saban, and that they will put up 50 points and, and not – not really blink. Like if you want to, if you want to run for them, run with them toe to toe, like they can play that game. If you want to grind it out, they'll play that game too. So it's a, it, they're just a different animal, man. This year, it's just a very special offense. Obviously Tua, uh, the scheme is very good with Mike Loxley, who they'll lose to the university of Maryland, but all the depth, like you said, you look at running back, Damian Harris had two touchdowns in this game. Josh Jacobs continues to impress. It seems like he's going to be declaring for the draft. That's uh, according to our guy, Tony Pauline. He has mentioned that uh, over on the Journey of the Draft podcast. You know, Jacobs has flashed. I'm excited to study his film. Obviously, uh, not a senior, so I haven't gotten to him yet. But uh, the big kid who looks fluid. And then Najee Harris, the true sophomore, not eligible for this class, but uh, has also flashed as well. Then, you know, for Oklahoma – Look, they got out to a slow start. Marquise Brown, obviously not healthy. You could tell that he was really just kind of hampered by that injury. Uh, Kyler Murray really didn't get a groove, into a groove until like the you know, midway through the second quarter maybe. So a little bit of a slow start for him. The guy, though, that really stood out to me was C.D. Lamb. I mean, they, the kid brought it from the first snap to the final whistle, you know, deep balls, fade routes. They used him to attack Patrick Sertan, the, the true freshman corner on the right side, uh, especially late in the game in the second half. Laid some big blocks in the game. I mean, uh, C.D. Lamb, he did it all. I, I was impressed with his performance. I'm excited to study him in the future as well. Yeah, I would say some takeaways for me. The depth of Alabama, we talked about it. I mean, all the wide receivers, all the running backs. I mean, our guy Dane Brugler from The Athletic, he is Josh Jacobs, I think, is his number one running back. Yeah, I saw that. Yep. It's unbelievable. Yeah. And this is a guy that... I, I don't even know, Fran, if I had ever heard of Josh Jacobs before this year. I mean, I knew Damian Harris, and I knew Najee Harris from last year, and he was in the Army Bowl a couple years ago. I don't really remember Josh Jacobs even doing that much last year. He was only he was only a three star recruit, Ross. I mean, what would you expect? I mean, they got <laughs> they just like it's like they just churn out these five star kids. That oh yeah, like Damian Harris was like the most unheralded five star. Like, I would venture to guess that Damian Harris is the most unheralded five-star number one running back in the country to start three years in the SEC, much less for the number one team every year, like in the history of college football. Like, it's just crazy just how much blue-chip talent they turn out. So it's easy for us to kind of, you know, look over a guy like Josh Jacobs. But you're right. I mean, the guy has been really, really impressive. I'm excited to study him. And you, you, you say, like, guys like Dane have him as the number one back. 
a lot of people have Damian Harris as the num- not just the number one senior, but potentially one of the number one backs as well. So it's a it's a really good group. It's a really really good team. Yeah, and so the only other two things I would mention um, about Quinn and Williams is unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. He, I mean, he might be the number one pick in the draft. He, he, he is really really impressive. And I was a little disappointed, uh, maybe underwhelmed would be the right word, by the Oklahoma offensive line. I guess I was just I, – I, you know, I, I had high expectations after they won the Joe Moore Award. I, I thought they would play a little bit better uh, than they did, and I didn't think Kyler Murray um, – you know, it was not, not his best showing, although he's better in the, in the second half. What about, Fran, um, some of the notable nope. news? Because there's been a, a lot of it. Probably the biggest thing is Justin Herbert staying at Oregon – and I'll just chime in on this first, Fran. I'm thrilled for him. It's a very personal decision. I'm I'm happy that he made what he wants to do with his life. I think it's impossible to argue that it's a good business decision because there's very little upside if you're already considered the number one quarterback and he's taking on a lot of risk, but there's more to life than just business or money. He enjoys the college experience, clearly. He's from Oregon. His brother's going there, going to be a freshman wide receiver. So I get it. And as I've said before and I've written about before, you know, I, I'd i probably pay a lot of money right about now, Fran, for another year of college. That sounds pretty awesome, actually, to be able to be in college for another year. So uh, I, I don't blame him, I guess, but I don't think it's a very good business decision. I, I, you know, kind of going off the Trevor Lawrence discussion, like I'm perfectly fine with it, and I'm, I'm, I'm happy. For, I'm glad that he is. I've said that since the summer. Uh, he was my number one quarterback coming into the season. Uh, you know, ahead of guys like Drew Locke and Will Greer and all those guys. But I thought I, I said last year in the summer, I hope he comes back for his senior year. Like barring him being just completely lights out this year, which obviously he was. And he's a very talented kid. We've talked about him numerous times, and we've talked about this topic numerous times. I'm glad that he's going back because he still has big areas that he can continue to grow in his game. And, you know, just having another year, you know, one of the big knocks that you're hearing about him is, uh, you know, is he the alpha male in the locker room? Is he that guy that can, you know, command an NFL team? Well, he's got another year now that he can go in and be the guy for the the, the Oregon Ducks and continue to lead that team and kind of assert himself, uh, you know, as that guy. So I, to me, like, that's going to be one of the big things. And when you talk to people around the league, and they, of course this is more old school thinking, but you talk to people around the league that have been around it for a while, and they'll say that was one of the big things with Peyton Manning going back for his final year at Tennessee, one of the big things for uh, even Andrew Luck going back for his final year at Stanford, that you know, going back, they really kind of focused on themselves and really trying to make themselves you know, that field general both on and off the field that they needed to be to be the face of the franchise. I, I would think that's one of the things that Justin Herbert will be working on this offseason. So um, the first responders bowl, Boston college, Boise state that got canceled due to yeah. lightning. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm curious your opinion on that. Well, that to me, the big thing for that is that this completely validates any player that decides he wants to skip a bowl game. Like, because I they felt like, you know what? Uh, seven, nothing first quarter. Like, yeah, we got some lightning. We're, we're going to call this one guys. Like, you know what I mean? Like any guy that decides that they want to skip a bowl game, like to me, that, validated that uh you know and, and zach allen left the game uh with an ankle injury hopefully he's fine for the senior bowl but uh to me that was the big takeaway from that on friday uh mark richt 
at Miami. That's craziness. The whole thing with Mark Richt and Manny Davis at Miami is insane. Yeah, so Mark Richt retires, and I go and I go into our show rundown. I'm like, all right, let's talk about Mark Richt. All right, who are the Miami guys that could uh, you know, declare for the draft now again? That's where my head always goes. Within 24 hours, Manny Diaz is the, is the head coach. He leaves Temple, uh, where he had just you know been signed as the head coach like a week ago, uh, and goes and he, si- he goes back to Miami. So the big thing, look, Travis Homer, the running back, has already declared. We'll see if Manny Diaz tries to get him to come back. I don't know if Homer signed with an agent and it's, and it's too far gone at this point already. Uh, Venzel Boulware, the offensive lineman, a transfer from Tennessee, he also declared. So. The question now becomes, you know, yeah, there's some continuity there, especially on defense with Manny Diaz. Are there any other offensive players uh, in the underclassmen ranks that could declare from Miami? I don't necessarily think so. I think now you're looking on defense. Is Joe Jackson, uh, Shaq Quarterman, I think Michael Pinckney already said that he's going back, uh, but Malik Young, the corner, there's obviously there's other guys. Are they going to declare for this draft? Do they feel like they want to stay? Uh, Manny Diaz's presence potentially could keep them um, but we'll see that's just something to keep an eye on there and then the other big one it looks like uh, you know major Applewhite, the head coach of houston was fired and it seems all the reports going into new year's eve night was that it looks like it's going to be dana holgerson uh leaving west virginia heading to houston and you know a lot of people immediately will say well why is he leaving west virginia to go to houston and you know it, the, the more you read about it look he's coached there before Apparently loves the city. I had read that he has a house there. He's reportedly pretty close with a lot of the Houston boosters, most notably the uh, the owner of the Houston Rockets. And, you know, they're tight. That's why one of the reasons why Holgerson still has that house down there. We have no idea how things are looking behind the scenes in West Virginia. Remember, he's been there for a long time. Maybe he's feel like uh, he feels like he's kind of reached his peak there. You never you know, if, if the message is getting stale, he just wants a new challenge. You never know how that stuff goes, but uh, it's, he's going to get paid more money down at Houston right now. Um, you know, it, it's a recruiting hotbed. Obviously, it's a lot easier to, in my mind, to recruit to Houston than it is to go get kids to go to Morgantown, West Virginia, despite the difference in the conference. And I think right now Houston is viewed as kind of the crown jewel of the Group of Five, alongside of Central Florida. Is look, it's in a recruiting hotbed. They're they're very successful. They have a winning record year in and year out. Uh, you know, for the if there is another expansion with one of these Power Five conferences, namely the Big Twelve, it wouldn't shock me if Houston was at the top of that list. So he might look at that and say, like, look, maybe it's uh, I'm not playing for a national championship right now. You know, it's not like I was at West Virginia either. And if if you're talking about quality. That's something to continue to uh, to watch there with Daniel Hogerson. If he feels like he'll be happier down in Houston full time, from a West Virginia standpoint, some guys to keep an eye on. David Long, the junior linebacker, already declared over the weekend, so he's out. But keep an eye on Colton McKivitz, the right tackle uh, for West Virginia. We know about the left tackle Yadi Kajust. I think McKivitz is a prospect to really keep an eye on. I was really impressed with his combination of size and athleticism. Uh, the junior wide receiver Marcus Sims, a good returner, uh, and then the safety Kenny Robinson Jr. Uh, is also a guy to keep an eye on. He was first team all conference this past season. What about some other juniors across the country that have declared since last week, Fran? Yeah, Daniel Jones from Duke, the quarterback, declared. So uh, he's been getting some first-round buzz. We'll see if that comes to fruition or not. I would imagine he will be the announced eighth quarterback for the Senior Bowl. Uh, You go to running back Travis Homer from Miami, I alluded to already, but a lot of other guys. Uh, Darwin Thompson from Utah State. Dane Brugler had compared him to a Tariq Cohen, so uh, that would be an intriguing player that with Cohen's success, I would imagine that will help Thompson. Uh, Alexander Madison from Boise State. And then the big one, Zach Moss uh, from Utah. That's according to our guy, Tony Pauline, who reported that over the weekend that Zach Moss will declare for this draft. So that's something to keep an eye on there uh, as a guy that could potentially be a day two pick. 
Something to always keep an eye on is betonline.ag using the promo code podcast1. You want to bet on the NFL playoff games this weekend? Maybe you want to bet on today's bowl games? If you're listening to this this morning, that's fantastic. Or maybe you want to bet on the national championship game, Clemson and Alabama. At any rate, the place to do it is betonline.ag. You just use the promo code podcast1. You get a 50% welcome bonus. So maybe you got some money from your uncle or your grandma or whatever. And maybe you want to make the games a little bit more entertaining. Maybe you want to have a little something something on the game. Have a have more of a rooting interest than you otherwise would. The place to do it, betonline.ag, using the promo code podcast1. Fran, it is time to go head to head. Head to head. All right, Monday night, 8 p.m. Eastern time, the college football playoff national championship, Fran. It is Alabama. It is Clemson. Should be absolutely epic. Let's start with the Clemson D-line against the Alabama O-line. Yeah, we talked about that that matchup in the Orange Bowl last week, that Oklahoma O-line against uh, Clemson. Now let's flip it and look at the Alabama O-line against this Clemson D-line. We'll see if Dexter Lawrence, who was suspended for the Cotton Bowl, uh, if he's going to play in this game. Albert Huggins, the senior, uh, as far as we could tell, it seems to be he played pretty well. So uh, next to Christian Wilkins, Cleveland Farrell, Austin Bryant, obviously a very talented group. Going up against an Alabama offensive line, left tackle Jonah Williams, uh, the center Ross Piercebacher, another senior there, and Lester Cotton as well at right guard. Uh, a very good group. And are they going to be able to protect Tua Tagovailoa against that Clemson defensive front? He's banged up, obviously, with that ankle. Are they going to be able to get after him and impact Tua enough so that you know it kind of throws them off rhythm and keeps him from being a complete impact player? Remember, we've seen that over the course of the, you know, the latter stages of the regular season, the Georgia game, the Auburn game. They show that if you can get to him, if you can pressure him, get him off rhythm, keep him uh, from being comfortable – now you can you can kind of make some hay there. So it's going to be interesting to see if this Clemson defensive line can kind of wreck the game here for the Tigers. How about shutting down the run and all these Alabama running backs? Yeah, I mean, we talked about the Harris and Jacobs and you know both Harris guys. I think if you look at this Clemson defensive front, uh, you know Kendall Joseph obviously at line backer, a senior that a lot of people are high on. Trey Trey Lamar, who was a finalist for the Dick Butkus Award. Uh, it's going to be big for them to stop the run. You know, it prevent you want to prevent Tua from getting into a rhythm, but stopping them from running the football will be big. And then, honestly, on the opposite side of the football, it's just as important for Alabama. You know, we talked about Etn and how special of a talent he is. Uh, Mac Wilson, Dylan Moses, uh, the talented inside linebacker duo for Alabama. Both those guys, it appears, will be back for the Tide next year. So, uh, a good opportunity for both of them to kind of go out on a high note on this season as they get ready for 2019. But that would be a big key to the game there for Alabama, making sure they lock down Travis Etienne. And then, uh, you know, the really honestly, Ross, the big thing is, is how is it, how is Clemson going to match up with Alabama? You know, we talked about all those receivers, Judy and Ruggs and Waddle and, and Devontae Smith and, you know, Irv Smith. 
how are they going to match up? You know, Trayvon Mullen, the, the junior corner, a lot of people are high on 6'1", 190 pounds. A.J. Terrell, uh, a really interesting player as well, third-team all-conference this year. Mark Fields, an inside player who was a senior. Um, you know, and then Isaiah Simmons, the, the, the linebacker-safety hybrid matching up against Irv Smith. How are they going to match up? That's going to be one of the big things that I'll be watching from the Clemson defense out in space. And then, you know, on the other side of the ball, if you're Clemson, You've got all this young talent, you know, the Justin Ross and the T. Higgins and obviously Hunter Renfro. He always seems to have a big game against Alabama. Will he find a way to get it done? Big spotlight moment here for Trevor Lawrence. Jake Fromm, even in a losing effort last year, really did a nice job in that game against Alabama. Will Will Lawrence be able to kind of shadow that and make those kind of same plays? Look, Alabama showed that they they're obviously very young at corner. Patrick Sertan, uh, you know, will the CD Lamb attacked him last week, time and time again? Will they try and get him matched up on Justin Ross and T Higgins and try and make some plays down the field? It'll come down to can Clemson protect. You know, can Clemson protect long enough? Keep Lawrence upright long enough against guys like Quinn Williams and Anthony Jennings and Raquan Davis and Isaiah Bugs. Keep him upright. And I don't know if Christian Miller's going to play in this game, but keep him upright long enough. And that's going to come down to Mitch Hyatt and the rest of that Clemson offensive line to allow him to make plays down the field. It's going to be one of the big things to watch this game as well. Yeah, Clemson feels like they're better up front. I, I don't know if I agree. I I was a little disappointed, I thought, by Mitch Hyatt against yeah. Notre Dame at times. Um, I don't know that he's improved as much as I was hoping or, or thought he would. Uh, we'll see, though. I do think that is where the battle will be won. Up front, both sides of the ball. You know, Jake Fromm had a really good game against Alabama in the SEC championship this year, and they're going to need Trevor Lawrence to do the same. That'll do it for a New Year's edition of the College Draft Podcast. You can always catch Fran over on Twitter at FDuffy3. He's got Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast, Journey to the Draft podcast. He's all over it. Best place to get all of his stuff is if you follow him on Twitter. I'm, of course, at Ross Tucker NFL on Twitter. Big week. We'll have even money. We'll have Fantasy Feast. Everything you need. And, of course, daily Ross Tucker football podcast getting you ready for Wild Card Weekend in the NFL. For right now, though, the keg is kicked and we are all tapped out. Thanks for enjoying your frosty one while listening to the college draft. Chuck, 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 chuck. Make sure you're also subscribing to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, Fantasy Feast, and Even Money Podcast. All available on iTunes at RossTucker.com or wherever podcasts can be found.